darken your clothes or strike a violent pose. This week on My Taste of Music is Terrible, we rank the My Chemical Romance discography. swing and play the playlist and then my stepdaughter would be like this music stresses me out I can't do my homework <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway all right Josh let's hear number right. one, let's my, number one, one my, my number one album. chemical romance album is <laughs> a fire inside <laughs> black parade uh I hmm. think that this album um Part of what made ranking these albums hard is that this album, I think, is on, and I know TK disagrees. He's wrong. I think that this album is on a. I'm not very smart. Complete another level from the other albums. I I so, think. Oh, I'm sorry, but like since it's all our one, all our number one, can we just like all discuss why it's so good? Well, we'll still take turns. We'll still oh, take whoa, turns. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Right. It's not my number I, one. I hey. think that it's... And it's well, not we'd anymore. obviously leave them out, of course. <laughs> we would make them leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> I think but. that it's uh, it it's just on a, it's on an absolute another level, different playing field. Um, right. It's a concept album. It's a rock opera sure. is what it was designed to be. Um, there are elements from a ton of different bands, but one of the ones that I really recognize is... Queen, uh, there's mm-hmm. there's elements of Queen mm-hmm. in there. I was gonna say that, especially when it comes to the song "Welcome to the Black Parade," um, especially that shift. So you get that first part where it's almost like a ballad, and then it and then it shifts into very much power, uh, and it and that is that's a Queen thing. Um, I even say the graphic design is still iconic. You mean like the artwork? The, yeah, the artwork yeah. of it. So fun fact about that. Um, I wish I could remember her name. Shoot, I feel like a jerk now. I'm gonna look yes, it up. And I'm gonna okay. say it in a minute. But Thin. it was all the artwork for that album was done by Gerard Way's favorite comic book artist. That's mm. cool. That's sick. Uh, the band, I, I, the production for this album, I think is next level. I think that it, especially in comparison to the two previous albums, they they stepped it up a notch. Um, I think that part of that is the record label. Uh, recognizing what this could be you know they put a lot of work into this um, I love that it tells a story um, it's theatrical it's impressive the tour for this album was massive for the first year they planned like 130 tour dates in a year that's a tour that's a concert every third day worldwide yeah and if you're tracking at home Third day, the third day <laughs> the of our, but like for the doctrine, that would be that would be exhausting. Uh, absolutely, there's no wonder that after this was over, they were like, "Yeah, we're tired of doing the costumes," because because <laughs> they they A did lot. do they did costumes, they did all, everything. It was it was crazy. Um, their intention was to make something that was classic, something that was timeless. Uh, Ray Toro, the guitarist, uh, he's quoted saying. Something that 20 or 30 years from now, parents could play for their kids and say, this is what I was listening to when I was your age. Check it out. It's still cool. And I resonated with that when I read that because 
I listen to like Black Parade and I want to blast it on the speakers and be like, Elise, this is cool. You like it, right? Like, this is cool. <laughs> and she still is like, I don't like the music. <laughs> but like, I I think that, and I, I know I'm not the only person that's like that. If you've been paying attention to TikTok at all, there's been this massive TikTok trend of like playing the first note and all these people freaking out. Oh, I know that song. And, uh, and uh, I mean, we're not 20 years down the road, but we're not far. We're 15 years down the road from when this album was released. Uh, and it's uh, still amazing. And it's still a great album. And, uh, and I think it will continue to be a great album for a long time. Um, Can I, the artist? Yeah, the artist. James Jean. He also did all the cover arts for Gerard Way's Umbrella Academy comics. Hmm. Uh, I need to watch Umbrella Academy. It's so good. I Ray Torah also said, uh, we wanted to make a record you could pass down uh, like to your kids. Here's here's this what I listen to. And, and he said that there's a lot of music out now that doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that before. Like, I... I I recently re-listened to a bunch of Audio Adrenaline and a bunch of Newsboys, mm. and, mm. It, and like the old stuff. And it, I remember being super pumped about all that stuff when I was a kid. And Newsboys, I think for me, still holds up, but Audio A doesn't really. Um, I still really like it, but now when I listen to it, I'm like, eh, you know. Um, but this is one of those albums I think that, that well, I mean, it definitely holds up now. Uh, it doesn't really feel like it's 15 years later. Uh, but it is. Uh, <laughs> um, there's the the also the the concept of the album, the idea behind the album, I think is really neat. Um, there's these themes of life, and death, reflection back on a life lived. And normally, when you say something like that, you say a re- reflection back on a life well lived. But there's also this question of, well, was it well lived? Was it a mm. good life that I've lived? Uh, what metrics are there to measure what a good life is? Mm-hmm. All of these things are are uh, addressed in this album. Um, most of these songs could be standalone songs outside of a concept album that would work well. Um, they don't all have to be a part of it, but it is really cool that they all play into the same storyline. Uh, another song that has impacted me for a long time uh, and then was recently covered, and I think they did a good job with it too, but Cancer, the song mm-hmm. Cancer. Um, there's a lot in that song that you listen to it, and if you listen to it seriously, you're like, you can't really make it through it. I mean, as if inlet, I mean, I would say that if you've ever experienced somebody in your life who has dealt with cancer, or, um, or you yourself have dealt with cancer, something like that, that this song is so emotional. This song is so powerful. Um, this song <coughs> is really interesting. I read another interview. Uh, they, they, they. I think it was Ray walked into like uh, Gerard's room when he was writing this song. He had posters and all these articles up and all this stuff. And like Gerard gets so into his songwriting that like he's he's almost killing himself with it is what they were like and the Ray's like you don't have to kill yourself to write these songs you just write songs 
and and Gerard was like, yeah, I know, whatever. But it's almost like, yeah, go f yourself. I I can I, I'm gonna do it the way I want to do it. But like mm-hmm. he got so into it and did so much research into into it uh, from the chapped lips uh, and and things like that. Like I uh, I just think that that is a really really good song, and so I'm gonna bring that. But I I love this album. Um, I love the songs in this album. And then there that just I, the iconic G note. Anybody could say that you could be like, uh, if somebody asked you, well, can you play music by ear, or do you have perfect pitch? And if they ask you for a G note, just think of that song, and you'll you'll get it every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tanner. Yeah, um, and I, I want to say too, just because I I think the coolest thing about this podcast is having conversations about music where maybe our ideas are changed or like our opinions are uh, like expanded I guess because it's like just because maybe the Black Pride didn't grip me doesn't mean that it's a bad album mm-hmm. yeah um, so I think my, my I, I wanted to share that the trauma as because so we talk about my chemical romance every podcast it's been like this joke so we've had this segment of what's Gerard weighing on your heart for like three episodes now and um, so it's always been kind of this joke and I've always kind of held them at arm's length even before I was really into to emo but like um, I remembered today why it was that way because I had a friend um, who was really good friends with this like group of BMXers at our school and they were, like, the first kids that, like, got into weed. And, like, they were, like, really into the misfits. Um, and they had, like, skinny jeans that they would wear down to their butts, you know. And, like, just, they were, like, these crazy edgy guys. Like, it was cool to be into skating. But, like, these guys were into BMX. So that was, like, the next level of coolness. But they were also very into My Chemical Romance. And one time I had this, uh, I said something online. Uh, it was, like, over MySpace or something. And this kid said something to me that was threatening so I mess like and I'm not confrontational at all so I'm so surprised that I did this but I like was just trying to kind of be a punk so I like wrote back to him something threatening so he had this vendetta against me and this one time he saw me like down the street and he like rides his BMX bike ditches it starts running towards me and I see him running and my my friend and I are hanging out and his uncle lives like down the street so I just like run to his uncle's house and like knock on the door. And he's like this, he used to be a gangster, uh, like a like a legitimately in a gang, but then became a pastor. And so he's like this big tattooed guy, but like loves Jesus. So he, I, he answers the door and he sees Bridger running towards me and he like has this like sit down, like come to Jesus meeting with this kid. <laughs> so cool. But like, uh, I remember like just the difficulty of like so that was like months of like us like not getting along and like me having to like kind of avoid this kid and him like sending threats to me but me associating my chemical romance with that mm. and so I, it didn't hit me today until like why I why I like kind of avoided them because I loved Motion City Soundtrack I loved Fall Out Boy I loved Hawthorne Heights I loved um, uh, like Panic at the Disco like, so kind of the bands that, like, ran around with that that group, you know, Hello Goodbye. But I never gravitated towards My Chemical Romance because they were so ingrained in that group of people. Mm. That, so that's, could, that could probably listen to Danger Days, though. Right. Not the other good stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to start a war. 
don't think oh. Dan Diz is out yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so that, that, like, actually, it took me, like, literally standing in my middle school being like, why did, why can't I, like, embrace my chemical romance? And then it, like, hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, because I was super bullied by a kid that really liked my chem. Interesting. And as I said that, I was able to, like, kind of, like, work through some, like, weird reservations with them. And then I was kind of like, ah, they're good. But my first favorite album, uh, of course, if you uh, pay attention to math, is Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. I think it, uh, it's, like, an album that I want to, like, grab a skateboard and hit a half pipe with. Um... So, I'm going to say something super edgy. I think Gerard Way is my favorite vocalist, maybe of all time. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Okay. Why? <laughs> okay, why? Sounds. I, he puts, like, his vocal performances are 1,000% him. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah, he like every note of presence he has on an album is one thousand percent him, mm-hmm. and I think he's a better vocalist than they are musicians. I was thinking Ooh. something similar listening to this album. There are things that he does with his voice that are non-conventional. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely non-conventional. Like, by the grace of Gad. Yeah, more so on this album than I think on other albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and it sounds good. Yeah. But it's not something that you would <clears throat> ever go, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna do that. You know, like... I, I don't think Justin Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack holds a torch to him. I don't think Patrick Stump from Fall Out Boy holds a torch to him. I don't think any single vocalist in that entire group of bands that came up together... But and, and really, My Chemical Romance did such an incredible job of like getting out of the warp Tour scene and becoming their own thing. Um, and I just think Gerard Way is, is, is not only just a lovely person, just a humble, down-to-earth guy, somebody that is very real. If you look at him now, completely different person. It's very apparent that he's, he has demons and he's working through stuff and, uh, you know, like dealing with stuff. But just... What an what an incredibly humble guy! <laughs> like, and and he's just his talent and the way that he I would say like, my chemical room has changed changed the aesthetic of the punk emo hardcore warped tour scene completely. They took what Green Day did on American Idiot and then just like exaggerated it a little bit and made it a little more theatrical. Um, I think that what they did with their instrumentation because if you listen to Three Chairs, like it's a punk album. Like it's oh, yeah. straight up pop punk, mm-hmm. but but it's like it's like AFI for the masses. Like it it really reminds me of that, and um, I don't know. I I really really like that that album. I think um, there's a particular like the re-listenability thing is like a huge factor to me. There's basically nothing on Danger Days that I would go back and listen to. Um, I have listened to Early Sunsets over Monroeville like a million times this week. But um, there's a particular song on our part of Thank You for the Venom. So, you know, like when my ex-wife was, because um, like I, I fought to stay married for an exhausting amount of time. And when she was like, hey, I, you know, like basically like came in with her like 
ideology and rhetoric on like why it would be a good idea to get divorced. There's just this point where I was like, okay, fine, if that's what you want, like do it. Um, and it reminds me of the line that's like, you know, if this is what you want, then fire it will. And it's like, and just that line, like totally like, it just crushed me this week. Um, but I love it because it's kind of like angry. And it's kind of like, cool, like fine, man. Like if this is what you want, like go be an idiot. Like, cool. You want to ruin a legacy? Go for it. You want to ruin our kid? Go for it. You, you know, you want to, you want to dissect something that, that God put together? Go for it, man. Like, let me not stand in the way of that. And so, man, yeah, and I, I feel like that, that's kind of like where My Chemical Romance went from a concept album and made it translatable to like what people are thinking and feeling. So, whereas that didn't, that didn't so much happen with me personally with the black print maybe in a few years it, it will but i've had a lot of people die around me and i still am kind of like eh. yeah well that's good mm. yeah. Damn. <clears throat> my turn mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <coughs> well there's a bit of a trend um <laughs> Amongst the albums, but also the subtext in the albums. Um, so, the Black Parade is number one for me. Um, one thing you guys probably talk about in the other um, <coughs> the other episodes, but we haven't really touched on yet, is nostalgia. Mm. We've kind of skirted around nostalgia. Um, probably. You're right. It's interesting mm-hmm. we haven't said nostalgia because we have talked about that in almost every other podcast that we've talked about. Like right out the gate, we're yeah. like, "Oh yeah, yeah, this this band is this particular." I've album told that stories though. to me or whatever, but it's, probably, it's, not, it's probably insinuated, but yeah. right. No, um, no, that's that's yeah. Interesting. Anyway, go ahead. The, I I think this was one of the first albums, if not the first big album, that was anticipated and loved by just me and I'm the youngest of four boys and uh, my oldest brother is 11 years older than me mm. um, all super into music all very talented musicians um, but I think this was like the first one that I, I really got into by myself um, which I think is special I think we all probably have those um, so that's kind of what I think back to. I think back to like me not just trailing along and like really learning to like Blink One Eighty Two or mm-hmm. or some Forty One or these different bands that are nostalgic for different reasons. But I think this is the first big album that I got to enjoy by myself. Um, and I think that's really that was cool. Yeah, I still think back to that now and actually listening to it for the first time all the way through. I had my parents' credit card numbers memorized when I was like eight. <laughs> and I literally, I did, like, you don't realize how much money you're spending on iTunes. Because, like, mm-hmm. back in the day, it was like 99 cents. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it went up to a dollar twenty-nine or something. Oh, yeah. For some songs, yeah. yeah. But it's like, I was just like buying songs. Like, it's so cheap. Right. Until I realized I have like a few thousand songs in my iTunes library. Over a number of years. Right. right, right, but it's so funny how that's just obsolete now. Like I never touch any of it, right? Like Spotify, right, right, music, whatever. Yes, 
That's something iTunes. I don't talk about with my parents. I just don't bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> my iTunes library that's like on my old computer that I never touch anymore. Yep. I I have to admit that almost all of it came off of LimeWire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got into that a little bit, but YouTube I did MP, spend a lot of money. MP3.com yeah. was my, my wife. Yes. My wife, she is like all over that. She used to do that all the time. Oh, that was, that was my <laughs> life. The first song I got on LimeWire was Backcountry by Avenged Sevenfold. I have, nice. I got all of the like Breaking Benjamin albums. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, but I, I think you guys are all probably like me a little bit in the fact that we were all probably weird when we were younger in the fact that we listened to music. Um, I, was like, I, I definitely, I wasn't as sheltered as you guys were. I grew up in the church. Um, it was great. By the grace of God, things didn't affect me as much as they probably should have. Like, I grew up literally, like, with Quentin Tarantino. And, you know, like, I was hanging out with the guys. And my parents would leave. My older brothers would babysit us. And we would, we thought it was a fun game. But they would bet money, and we would go on the trampoline and fight. <laughs> the younger kids. We would fight, and they would bet on us. That's and awesome. We, we would bleed. Wait, didn't you grow up doing karate, too? Like, Taekwondo. Taekwondo, yeah. sorry. My yeah. bad. But, like, you knew how to fight. It's not Yeah, like, and you had a trampoline. It gets crazy. Yeah, like, it's not like you were just, like, going in there with, like, yeah. oh, I watched Karate Kid. Right. And I was the kid who I would get hit, and then I would, like, I would have the rage fighting skills. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Where you don't feel pain anymore. I see that with the ginger beard and everything. Yeah, I didn't have a beard back then, but... My wife is a ginger, so I feel a little more qualified to sure. do ginger jokes. Yep. Um, but anyway, long, long story short, like I, I feel fortunate, though, to be exposed to um, a lot of different avenues of music at a young age, because I started listening to, to a bunch of music and, and really actually appreciating it. Like, I I was, like, eight years old, and I, like, knew all the facts about the Beatles. You know, like, I love the Beatles. Like, my iPod would be shuffling, and I'd be, like, literally Avenged Sevenfold would play. And then it'd be, like, the Beatles. And then it'd be Newsboys, you know. And then it'd be My Chemical Romance. So it was just kind of, like, all over the place. But I think that was really cool. So by the time, uh, um, like, I was, like, 10 when the Black Parade came out, I was I actually feel like I was able to really appreciate it. Um, and sometimes I look around at like nine year olds now and I know it's not everybody but it's like the music that I feel like ten year olds listen to justifiably is pretty shallow oh like, yeah it's just no, silly I have a nine year old believe me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so I, I thought I think it's really cool that I was able to I think also through personality and everything I at a young age was drumming and just like really caring about music yeah no that's awesome yeah so this album actually became a really big part of things for me, and it's cool. I actually kind of like re fell in love with My Chemical Romance through this podcast, which is cool mm-hmm. because it kind of um, you're able to to go through it and actually spend the time to re appreciate things, I think, which is sweet. Um, but I I do think this album is the epitome of My Chemical Romance and what they were trying to become, and I say that because more than just the angst because I think they had a lot of angst but they didn't want to be angsty I've said angst a lot during this but I think this I think they were really out of the angst stage um and I do think it's so so cool how he wasn't or 
he isn't Gerard wasn't specifically seeking to become the best at music in his life like his dream was to be in comic books and to be a comic book writer mm-hmm. and the fact that a comic book writer which is how he would describe himself was able to make one of the world's most creative albums I think of all time and I'll stand by that is crazy impressive yeah. right and I know he had a lot of really talented people around him making that happen, but I do attribute him to being kind of the forefront of making it happen. It wouldn't happen without yeah, him. He was the creative force. He was the yeah. creative force. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you, you compared this album to Queen. Yeah. I've always thought that, and it is it is the ballad thing. It's so epic. Um, I, I honestly think that they are as revolutionary as Queen because this album... <clears throat> has so much revolutionary content in it. But I think when people think of the revolutionary aspects of Queen, that was over, what, 15 years of them putting out big albums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, you look at that, the whole catalog of Queen, it's humongous. And they've dialed it down. Like, I, I do love Queen. They're great. But you have to take this huge catalog and dial it down but with My Chemical Romance, you're dealing with such a small catalog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're able to do so much in this one album. I think it's it's all there, especially when you look at just song after song. You're like, oh, this is my favorite album, song in the album. And then the next song starts, you're like, oh, man, this is my favorite song in the album. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you go through it like mm-hmm. that. Um, but I think there's so many elements to it. Um, I think they stormed the scene with this album, and they didn't hold back at all which I think was sweet. They, like, went full force into it. Um, I think the main ingredients are also redemption in this one. There's a lot more to it, but I also think poetry is the main ingredient in it. Um, and then it comes... Then you, you dive into the different elements of music that are in it. Like, rock and roll is really just a fusion of a bunch of different kinds of music, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I think it's a fusion of rock, metal... Noir, like I said earlier, ragtime. Especially when you get into like, like the hidden track, you know, different things like that. It's super funny when the you way. You say the hidden track. You mean famous last words? Sorry, the hidden, the hidden track. Blood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Um, I think the ragtime, the the ragtime really comes out there. Mm-hmm. But you also have a lot of late '70s rock, which you guys have talked about, mm-hmm. especially in the guitar, but also like in teenagers. Every time mm-hmm. I hear that song, I think of the movie Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Because of the story. Like, you have a contrast between the two, right? It's literally a story um, where the younger kids are hazed by the older, stronger jocks. But, they, but they're actually, like, yearning to be of that same level. They're not like, we're going to be us over here, and, and you be you. I think they're on that journey of going from like this like pipsqueak angsty emo kind of phase to wanting to be like the king of that that genre and I think like getting to the top of rock and roll that reminds me a lot of teenagers but then you also get into the the vocals and you get into the guitar very late 70s rock which I think is pretty sweet Um, I also think like House of Wolves reminds me a lot of Jack White. I hear a lot of Jack White in that album with the guitar and the vocals. Mm-hmm. Listen back to those songs and listen for Jack White. It's like really prevalent. Mm-hmm. 
and that's something that you don't necessarily hear in the other stuff, but I still think it's uniquely um, My Chemical Romance, but it's cool to hear all the different elements, and some people <coughs> look at finding elements in different songs and having them be very distinct, and they say that's a ripoff, but in my opinion, if you're able to do it seamlessly and make it all work really well together, I think that is kind of like the epitome of rock and roll, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like if Queen didn't beat My Chemical Romance to the punch, like they may have been a lot bigger at creating those big rock ballads and things like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's all original, but it's taking these different elements to create something that is like really seamless and, and impressive and do that while trying to achieve your own vision. I think it's really cool. But yeah. yeah. I think that's all I got to say. Dang. Corbin, how do you follow <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Holy crap. Jeez. Yeah, well, like, my first top My Chemical Romance album would be about uh, Black Parade. Just for the fact that, like, it makes you feel something. You know? Mm -hmm. Like... You listen to it from track to track, and the beginning to end, and like it actually like <coughs> hits you in your feels if you want to say that. Like the production's on point. There's nothing super distracting about it, but it also takes you on this journey, this ebb and flow, which I think what music is supposed to be about. You know, like it, it's supposed to take you out of this world. Jordan Peterson said something about how music affects the human experience and how it's almost religious in the sense that like it's such an out of body experience and I did you know like we were touching on like the nostalgic points like when I heard Black Parade for the first time it was like oh like this is what music can actually be about like this is a journey like it doesn't have to be this coherent super produced like very just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, <coughs> bridge, chorus. You know, it, it can actually change and ebb and flow with this this journey that it's trying to tell. And so, yeah, and, and earlier I mentioned that their first, and then their, their second, and now the Black Parade, like they're all these like stepping stones to where I feel like the Black Parade is really what you said, Tanner, of like, this is what the my chemical romance is trying to be. You know, like they started out as this like punk rock band and now they've like actually made it to where they're putting out a record that's anticipated, that's produced. They know that it's well written, right? And they're gonna tour the crap out of this record. So they're gonna put it up they're gonna put their guts into this record. And I think they they came out with something truly magnificent. Something that really changes the scene forever. It's unlike anything else that's ever come out. It really hasn't. Mm -hmm. And now there's bands today that are trying to be that band, right? And so when we're looking at like just the history of music, like we, we see this blip on this radar, which is My Chemical Romance, which is the Black Parade. Like, who can like other than Beethoven? point out one single note on the piano and it'd be instantly recognizable to that that song yeah, yeah. i mean there's definitely right. a point in that you get you got you 
for a certain generation, yeah. mm -hmm. you play that note on the keyboard, and they go, Oh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. I don't remember that. <laughs> but to a certain group of people, you also feel all the emotions in that song. Oh, yeah. yeah. With that Immediately when you hear that yep. first note. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, all, it's, yeah, it's like, not just a recognition of a song. It's a, it's an experience. If you want yeah. to throw someone's day off, you just... Do. <laughs> and then leave it. <laughs> God, gosh. If someone walked up... Tanner's being next to you over here. <laughs> I, listened, I listened to that song. Uh, it was probably six eight months ago now i had listened to that song again for the first time in years and uh, i mean i immediately put it on my playlist i was like oh yeah i remember this this is good <laughs> yeah because um, it takes you back to that experience right yeah like yeah. it i think this album is just such like the closest religious experience an atheist can ever have hard to oh. agree you know what i'm saying yeah like it, it really like it, yeah just like amplifies that emotional state of music to the point where a lot of people don't really experience because they're thrown off by this rock and roll scene mm -hmm. which is kind of sad to see but interesting yeah you know and so with that being said like I think the production is like where they needed to be where they wanted to be their songwriting has been the best it has been with the catchiest tunes, with not sacrificing the emotionality or the emotional state that they wanted to portray within the whole record, which I think is really hard to do. Like you mentioned Queen, and I think Queen did this really well, is like they wanted to take you on this journey with also making really catchy songs and really like songs that like are rememberable, you know? And so yeah. that's like, as a songwriter myself, like that's really, really hard to do. Without it being a linear singer songwriter right. journey, like the old school. Yeah, exactly. Country mm -hmm. style, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Like without it being verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus. Well, and like, like they broke out of their genre too, like to do that. Right. And, and again, I mean, like I feel like with people like me again, because I was like really into Newfound Glory when that album came out. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, oh, it's not as pop punky, you know? Right. But it was so cool to, like, like now having this conversation, seeing them kind of, like, break out of what their rut was yeah. in order for them to, like, again, like, go and change music. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and, and, and as well being themselves, too. Like, still right. keeping the consistency of My Chemical Romance while also breaking out into these different genres. Like, that, that's a difficult feat to, to tackle mm -hmm. as a band and as a musician. So, I mean... But it takes those larger-than-life, really eccentric people, like Charlie <coughs> and Freddie, right? Yeah, 100%. So cool. Also, I totally forgot to mention that two of my other favorite My Chemical Romance songs are not on albums. Desolation Row, mm -hmm. which is their song on Watchmen. Yep. And then Astro Zombies, which is their Misfits cover. Mm -hmm. which was on um, and Desolation Row was a Bob Tone song <laughs> which makes no sense to me <laughs> yeah. but uh, they covered it's Astro so Zombies metal. by <sighs> so metal by uh, <laughs> the Misfits for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater mm -hmm. and it like that song freaking rips that's the best song on that entire album yeah well I think it's cool like you mentioned Desolation Row the fact that like even that is like you. there's this motif of like comics through yeah. all of my chemical romances like history and that's like tr 
truly, as we've mentioned multiple times, like Gerard's, like who he would identify as and what his dream has been is to like make comic books. And so like, you know, he, they, that band, his band got to do this song on this movie based off of a comic book. Right. That is your saying is one of your absolute favorites, my, my, uh, Garment songs. And so, um, which is funny because Justin Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack was a failed filmmaker and didn't consider himself a musician until their final album that they put out. Mm. So similar to Gerard Way where there's like these two like really quirky like drug addicted like interesting creative people that like did amazing things didn't even really consider themselves like as the thing they were Mm -hmm. and like what they're recognized for. Mm. That's so interesting. Because if somebody called me a musician, I'd be stoked. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm glad you recognize my work, but I won't do this thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I w- I'm really passionate about floral arrangements. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I don't know. So, uh, so here's a question for all, all of you. Okay. Do you, do you think it's kind of a shame that they're not all pursuing the most that my chemical romance can be anymore no. or do you think it's fine I think so I think it's mm-hmm. I, I, not only do I think it's fine I think it's for the best I think it's healthy well because bands that beat a dead horse are the worst like MXPX for the love of God break up yeah um, <laughs> Reliant K for the love no. of God break up well <laughs> and, and I, the thing is the thing is if you if you look at what Gerard Way, and I, I can't speak to the rest of the members, but if you look at what Gerard Way has done in comic books since then, and in the stories he's created, and the worlds that he's built, if you watch, even if you don't read the comics, watch The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Like, you get... He's doing his best work. You, it, He is. He is doing his best work, and you get that same type of feeling, and that same like familiar familiarity if, you know, as you, you've grown up as a My Chemical Romance fan, there's this familiarity in his world building, in these worlds that he's creating, where you're like, I I know this, and it's um, and I think that's why I became such a big fan of the Umbrella Academy when it first came out on Netflix because I was like watching this series and literally thinking like about Danger Days, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and My Chemical Romance, and even I mean at times even back to like the Black Parade and Three Cheers where I'm like, okay, this is like so clearly the same person and there's <laughs> all this same DNA through all of this and so I think that you know music is really good and at its best when the person making it is doing their best creative work and when that no longer is music it takes on other forms and I think that that's what Gerard Way is doing in his mm-hmm. his writing of comic books even to the point where I'm watching you know a three degrees away from the comic book Netflix series by someone who's a fan of Gerard Way's comics who made it into a TV show who then got the funding from Netflix to make it happen and like and I haven't personally read those actual comics like directly but even just through like that far separated from his original vision watching the show I'm like I know this like this feels familiar to me because I know the creator Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that I, I absolutely would not say that it's a shame that My Chemical Romance isn't doing what they were doing anymore, because I think that um, I think that that's just taking a new shape. I would also point. say that it's healthy on, on a completely different bent, that you have a guy, Gerard, 
who already has, I mean, he, he got to a point where he was getting better, but you've got a guy that struggles with mental health, you got a guy that struggles with substance abuse, you got a guy that, uh, that deals with all of those demons, and yes, he's gotten better through those, but you put him on the top of the world as like a super popular rock artist, and they put this pressure on a band to put out more music and all these things, and then he's got all the money that the world can offer him, and it do, can do all these things. It's healthy to not be there. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the most punk rock thing is to end on Danger Days. <laughs> it's just be like, cool, we're out. Like on a garbage record. I actually thought the same thing earlier today. Right. Exact thought. Right. Well, and the thing is, though, I mean, okay, I, I, like, we joke, <coughs> and it's, it's obviously not a garbage record, but the expectation set after the Black Parade, then followed by Danger Days, like, there were a lot of fans that were pissed about that. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah. like, yeah, I remember when it came out, years, kind of being like, what? They waited yeah. four years for an album that they hoped would be as good and as... Similar. Uh, yes. Similar, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. As, 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 Completely uh, different. And, yeah, yeah, and totally different. Everybody wanted the Black Parade, too. And it's and it's it's so... Which is why Danger like, Days was so high on my list, because they were like, we don't care about a Black Parade 2, we're going to do a well, and that's Yeah, exactly. Which is so cool! Yeah, and they... It's... it's it, and it is punk rock to end on an album like that, because they're literally saying, like, they are, like through the music that they're making saying we don't care about what is expected of us we're going to make what we feel inspired to make that's what Mm. the Nam Nam song is about exactly Mm -hmm. and so that's that's like I think the heart of My Chemical Remnants from the beginning was that and so you know it, it took it took one shape in 2002 and then eight years later, it took a completely different form in 2010, but it's the same exact message of, like, you know, we're going to do what we are inspired by and what we find to be, yeah. you know, what is artistic and um, and relatable cathartic. for us and cathartic <laughs> for us. And it doesn't matter what the expectation is. Um, and so I think that, I think that you know, we, we've talked about on a couple other episodes about this podcast or of this podcast about this um this idea of having a message and sticking to that. And I think that that is, that's like the root of what My Chemical Romance is. Um, so wait, My Chemical Romance is the secular super chick. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, In a way. Well, I'm just going to let that hang. No. And <laughs> what do you think? Email us. At my taste of music is terrible at gmail.com. Hey, wait in. Is my chemical romance um, a secular super chick? Anyway, <laughs> now that this my conversation for that. is dead and gone, believe me, we'll carry on. Um, the Black Parade <laughs> is my number one album um, of, by my chemical romance. I think. I'm going to say something. I never make statements like this, okay? To give to give some context, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I am always looking for the new thing, you know, what's exciting to me in the moment. And I don't like to make definitive statements like this, but I do think that the Black Parade might be my favorite album of all time. Um I think, in my opinion, that this is essentially a perfect album. 
um, from the guitar parts in in Dead to the the polka sounds of Mama to I mean like everything in between. There's not a single piece of music or vocals in this album that is out of place. I think that every single thing that you hear out of this album, whether it's the guitars or the drums or the background vocals or the lead vocals, I think that every single piece of this album seems to have been put there with purpose and consideration. I think that the whole thing was was as thought out as like a well-crafted film. Um, down to like when you think about a well-crafted film down to like the angle of the camera and the composition of the shot and where is the light coming from and where is you know where what's drawing your eye in this scene i think that this album had that level of consideration put into it um and you know we talk about my chemical romance putting out these concept albums um just to give a little bit of context to that the black parade is centered around a character that um they refer to as the patient um, and this album explores this this the patient who is dying of cancer um, and reflecting on his life while trying to deal with the fact that he's dying. Um, and so I think that you know they they have this this concept for an album that tells a story but is also so relatable and so real because it's mm -hmm. something that so many people, um, in the world today are going through and so it, it continues to be relatable from you know 14 and a half years ago to today um, there are so many concept albums out there that are about the future or mm -hmm. not something that you would be able to experience yourself right. or know somebody who's experienced it so having a concept album is more of a story that people walk through every day mm -hmm. is huge yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I was when I was listening to Black Parade today. I was really struggling with, you know, this idea of, you know, because like I love the idea of like, you know, thinking about your funeral and the like, designing your life backwards. Mm -hmm. But like dealing with like a broken legacy and a broken home and like all those kind of things like that have, I I feel like I've kind of put on the back burner mentally, and then this album brought all of that up and it was like a very like oh like oh I can't think about that right now. Right. Um, and, and it it made me feel actual real discomfort mm -hmm. um, and, and created like this very visceral listening yeah. experience. Well, and, and it does that, I think, from the very beginning. Like, what what is the first sound you hear in the album, The Black Parade? It's this beeping right. of a heart rate, right? right. And um, and it's it, it starts with a song called The End, and it, which is describing this this funeral, and it's exactly what you're describing, TK, where it's almost like designing your life in reverse, right? Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. it starts with this funeral, and this is the end, and then um, into <laughs> into a song called Dead, which the chorus literally says, have you heard the news that you're dead? Um, which I think is, I think is mm -hmm. both, you know, not only exploring, obviously, the concept of death, that's very, like, on the nose, but I think this concept of, you know this this album around this character called the patient who has cancer and what it feels like to get this news right that like you have this incurable thing that is going to kill you um, and and you have this like what you know whether it's whether it's four years or four months or four weeks when you get this news you have this 
this thing in your mind that says that is almost just like a moment of like or what I guess what I imagine is just a moment of like when you're given this news that like hey you have you have this cancer that we can't cure and it's going to kill you it's almost like you can write yourself off right then Um, and I think that even you know yes the first song on the album is is very um, organic I think and a little bit um, it's, it's very emotional and organic and then, and then it goes into this like punk rock song called Dead that I think is really exploring this idea of coping with the fact that while yes you're still alive and you have some time left you're dead um, and it's it's this this dark and depressing idea hidden behind these incredible guitar parts incredible drums and just like amazing punk rock music um and it's i think that those it's i've mentioned this before but i love when bands do that that thing where they contrast the tone and the sound and the feeling you get from the music with the lyrical content um and so i i just think that like it's 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 just a mastercraft of of songwriting and we're only two songs into this Mm -hmm. album um and it's um it weirdly makes you jealous. Right. And it's it's one of those things where you're like, you, you can appreciate the songwriting and the, the master craftsmanship that goes into this music so much that you're like, why? Like, you're jealous that you didn't, you weren't the person that did that, right? Or I mean, even like thematically or in the story. Yeah. To think about how, like, it's almost like you're crossing a finish line. And to, to just be like, to, like you have four weeks to live. Mm-hmm. There have been times when I've been like, I, I wish somebody would like um, diagnose me with cancer so that I wouldn't have to deal with like what's coming down mm-hmm. the, the road. Mm-hmm. And so again, it was kind of like this idea of like moving through like a broken legacy, but then feeling like weirdly jealous of like, the main character and being like, I wish somebody would give me four weeks so that I wouldn't have to like, deal with all the BS. Yeah. Um, so, that got real dark. No, well, and I, I think, I mean, I appreciate you saying that and, like, the vulnerability of that because I, I don't, I think that, well, yes, that idea is dark. It's, I, I think it's something that, it's a thought that we've all had and it's, it's this feeling that we've all had. I mean, if I, if I can speak for everyone, but at least for myself, I think it's, it's this feeling that, like, like yeah, I've been there, and I, I've definitely had this feeling of like, man, how like, how much easier would life be if you knew it? If you knew the end, like right. the expiration date, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's amazing how, you know, these these lyrics can can bring so many different perspectives of putting yourself in the shoes of of the patient, right? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. all these different feelings of like, like not just sadness and anxiety and worry but relief mm-hmm. and um and gratitude and like all these things where which this album explores i think in, in this story of the patient kind of reflecting on his life and reminiscing um and you know moving on like um to he talks about i think when you talk about the black parade i think it's it's um, almost like 
applying all these feelings to a memory of, you know, going into the city as a, as a young boy with your dad and seeing this parade and, and applying this, this, all these feelings that you're getting through this diagnosis you've gotten and everything to this memory um, and how like Gerard, Gerard Way has talked in interviews about his belief of death and what that looks like and how death is experienced as, um, as you know, your, these like highlights of, of memories. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a lot of where this, the songwriting for Welcome to the Black Parade comes from. Um, but applying all these bittersweet feelings to that as well. Um, and then even, you know, as, as the story goes on through this concept album into the songs Mama and Sleep and, and the song Mama, which has these like polka influences and is kind of like this interesting, like genre-wise this interesting song that um, somehow fits into this album, um, you know, with the lyrics, Mama, we all go to hell. And, you know, it talks about, um, I, I think it's a reflection on, on being in the war and like I think it's hinting at that the patient was maybe a soldier and um, you know what this what that looked like um, looking back on his experience in war and also looking forward on his experience in death and how you know this theme of like war is hell and what that looks like you know in, in human life on earth as well as in the afterlife um, and then that song goes right into sleep which I think is about PTSD and um, you know, dealing with this trauma and living through all this, and I think that while you know, there's these like these audio clips that are meant to sound like it's from this like um, you know meeting with a therapist that are in this song um, and talking about how you know it's like this guy can't sleep and he's having these nightmares and it feels like someone's gripping his throat and he's talking about all this. PTSD and anxiety and like I think that there's almost a uh, you know just as you're describing TK this like this idea of relief in this diagnosis and knowing that it's all going to be over soon um, I think that it's it's both a a lamenting song but also a you know looking forward to that being done um, kind of thing and um, onto the song Disenchanted which I think is so so good um, and like, you know, we talked a little bit on Vampire Weekend about, um, in their album, Modern Vampires of the City, exploring the afterlife with the song Hudson and like talking about all this stuff. And I think that, you know, Disenchanted, I think is that song from My Chemical Romance, um, in exploring the afterlife. And I love this idea and the song's portrayal of, um, of the afterlife and, and reflecting on your life after you're dead, talking about watching our lives on the screen and, um, he, he talks about like I hate the ending myself but it started with an alright scene is the lyric in there and like just just this idea of spending time after everything is done to kind of reflect on your life and reminisce and um, you know this is a callback to what Gerard Way has said about his, his belief of death being like reliving all these memories um, which I think is really interesting um, and uh so yeah, I think that this album has a lot to say, even though, you know, it's easy to take the idea of a concept album and say, oh, it's like reading a story. Uh, but I think that, you know, in, in so many different mediums, whether it's music or film or video games or books or whatever, um, I think that there's so much that these stories have to say about how we experience life and explore these ideas of how we experience the afterlife and um, all this stuff that I think that it's, 
it, it is really, really deep and it hits home a lot. Um, I don't think that from start to finish he ever stopped wrestling with ideas of life and death. No, absolutely. From, and I think from album one through Danger Days. Yeah. I, I don't think that there ever was a point where he stopped wrestling with whether it's a concept album or not. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and I think that that's what I, I really appreciate about his songwriting is is these explorations of these ideas that, you know, from, from this human perspective, we really can't have facts about. Um, and so... Yeah, I think that I think that this album is is phenomenal. I think it's a masterpiece. Um, I talked about this with Vampire Weekend as well, but um, this album is on the Rolling Stones 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. Okay. Um, <laughs> at uh, finally, it's at number 361. I would put it. Where is Modern Vampires in Sea? I don't remember. You said it last week. Yeah, you said it last I week. I don't remember or not last um, week. But. I'll look it up. While I'm looking it up, I'll I'll mention a couple other things. Um, but um, if I had to say anything that I guess would be semi-negative about the album, um, Black Parade would be that um, the song "Teenagers" seems to be slightly out of place on that album. I would agree. I think right. that like it has these really deep and um, emotional. Like the the album has these really deep and emotional tones and and motifs to it, and then teenagers is this kind of silly, you know, kind of fun song. I always thought that song was really pandery. Yeah, and I, I I almost think that it would actually, dare I say, fit better on Three Cheers than it I would on Black Parade. I completely agree. Um, but I also think that it's it's kind of you know, if you really dig into this album and listen to it and just sit through it it's it's kind of a nice break almost <laughs> yeah um and so yeah it, it was it feels to me like a song that they wrote just after they released three cheers and it should have been on that album um but um yeah i think uh the last thing i'll say about it is um so i was listening to the the deluxe edition, which has like three bonus tracks at the end. Um, and I think I, I might be wrong about this, but I think it was the song kill all your friends, which is one of the bonus tracks. Um, it kind of has, you can, you can almost pick up on some of the DNA of like danger days from that, where some of their melodies and stuff, um, feel a little bit more upbeat and a little bit less of this kind of dark, you know, um, tone to him, and uh, I think that there's a, a little bit of that DNA in there in the, in the deluxe version at the very end. Some of those bonus songs where you're kind of like, okay, I can almost see the progression into Danger Days from these tracks. So, I, I think I think the Black Parade came out just like right on the cuff of like when it was not okay to release singles. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you had to release a complete albums still. Mm -hmm. So I feel like li later on in time, if they could have and if it was normal to release singles I think they would have released Teenager, Teenagers probably as a single instead of mm -hmm. keeping it on the album yeah I, can see that. I don't see why they wouldn't I should say that yeah <laughs> well and the other thing I'll say too is I think you know we've talked about Gerard Way's trauma through what he experienced and what kind of inspired him to start the band and I think that you can kind of see this progression of 
I mean, their first album came out in 2002. 9-11 was in 2001. And so it it's it, you can kind of see how fresh and raw that trauma is from their first album and how he's working through that. Um, if you if you keep that in your mind as you listen through this discography, um, as the years go by, you can kind of see him working through that trauma and how that changes not just the band's musical style but his songwriting. Um, and then by the time you get to Danger Days, it's been almost a decade, and it's so much more lighthearted and so much more he's ready to I think focus on these worlds that he wants to create um, and and almost look a little bit more um, into the you know brighter elements of that rather than exploring these ideas of the, the their first three albums have this this heavy heavy motif of death over them um, that I think is likely a direct product of that trauma but then, I mean, like, think about how basically post 9-11, uh, you know, like, there's, like, the zombie movie boom, mm-hmm. and how Danger Days is, like, this narrative of, like, a post-apocalyptic, uh, like, these rebels that, like, you know, have, are, like, sheltering this little girl who's gonna, yeah. like, so, I mean, like, I, I feel like Danger Days is, like, a good example of, like, maybe the most 9-11 story where it's, like, the the social consciousness and like distrust of the government and you know the way that we deal with like national conflict and all these crazy things like it, it's almost the most political album that exists well I, I think i i agree with what you're saying and so i i guess to to clarify what i'm saying i think that in their first three albums a lot of their focus on death and you know contrasting death and life and the afterlife i think is is very focused on the event itself mm-hmm. in terms of those themes whereas when you think post-apocalyptic that's really thinking of okay what comes after this mm. and what is you know how do we move on from that so i feel like it's a it, it makes sense narratively yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah okay that's all all right so that all you got that's you all i got you sure, you sure you don't got more that's all I got. I'm, I'm looking up where um, Vampire Weekend's album is on oh. the greatest album <laughs> Okay. Well, feel free to interrupt me. Um, since I'm going last, I really don't have anything more to say about this album. <laughs> 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 Black Parade's number one. <laughs> what do I say? I mean, it's been said. Uh, I listened to it last year for the first time. End of last year. Easy top ten album for me. Really? Already. Wow. Yeah. It's not number one, because I don't know if I'd be able to choose number one, because I overthink everything, and who cares? But, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. That was like a Tanner up, thing to say. It's, it's up there with Evanescence's album Fallen. Oh my gosh. I am going to kill and you. That was not a very I'm going to kill you. Say. <laughs> Guys, uh, this podcast is called My Taste in Music is Terrible. Uh, it might just be right. Under Evanescence, uh, it's okay that you, it's okay to say your taste music is terrible, but don't compare those two albums. <laughs> <laughs> just don't. Those are I'm the only saying, two albums left. I'm just saying. I'm pretty in my top ten. Okay. Okay. So, so Modern Vampires of the City by Vampire Weekend is ranked number three hundred and twenty-eight on Rolling Stone's five hundred greatest albums of all time, where Black Parade is three sixty-one. I think Black Parade is a much better album. I'd say top one hundred easy. Allie, right into the pod, t- 
tell us if oh, you boy. think Ooh. we are right or wrong about that since you love Vampire Weekend so much. Or if you've listened to My Chemical Romance before. I know you did listen to My Chemical back in the day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so write into the, the pod. My the pod. taste in music is terrible at gmail.com mm-hmm. and tell us what you think. And then rate and review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen, okay, there's that YouTube video where it's like, if movies end like YouTube videos, <laughs> it's the Force Awakens and it ends with J.J. Abrams being like, hope you guys like that. Smash that subscribe. <laughs> it's so good. Never doing that. Um, That's so fun. Yeah, every song is memorable. It's amazing. Front to back. <laughs> The only songs I occasionally skip are Cancer and I Don't Love You because maybe I'm not in the mood for a slower song or because I don't want to be sad. Mm-hmm. You can't skip Straight Cancer. Up. Yeah, you can't skip I Cancer understand, or I don't occasionally love it I do. Chemotherapy isn't that quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if I... Sorry. Yeah, if I don't want to be sad or something. Too far anyway. away. Too far, too um, but I do love those songs. Don't get me wrong. I love all those songs. I... I'm so happy whenever the next song comes on because I love it just as much as the one before it, honestly. And, um, then, and then you go through this, the whole album, the last song ends, straight to Evanescence. Straight <laughs> <laughs> the best for last, right? Yes. Straight to bring me to life. <laughs> Wake me up. Wake me up inside. Can't work. Um, Save me. But I, I have one last love tip. If everyone's cool. That's last week I kept trying to make them sing. Cause like we were making up this band, so I would be like, Oh, how does that song go? And that was the most singing we've actually done. Yeah. Anyway. We were not we were not going with oh, they were getting so falsetto once in a while. Don't yeah, make that we intro could make up a melody it. at the same time as making up lyrics. <laughs> five seconds in and shut it off. <laughs> Alright, Jono, give it give us the tip. Just the tip, uh, baby. Just just the that's the worst tag ever. <laughs> um it's just I'm just gonna say this one because it ties in with the Black Parade and song Teenagers. And I'm actually kind of serious about this one. Most of them I don't actually believe. But this one I kind of do. My, my, <laughs> don't tell them that. Sorry. You just shattered my whole universe. We'll edit that out. Um, It'll be a long bleep. I was, I was thinking about this. like, As a love tip, like, if you're thinking about somebody you're going to marry, would you have teenagers with this person? Because according to the song Teenagers, they scare the living poo out of people. Right? According to the song... It's the lyrics, except it's a Christian version because I said it scares me having teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I was thinking, I mean, you want to obviously you want to find someone you feel comfortable being scared with, then, right? And I, I honestly, I was thinking about this. I'm gonna be serious. I firmly believe this. If you're not, if if you're scared to be scared or scared to be yourself around somebody or scared to have an adventure with somebody, then you really need to think about why that is maybe it's maybe it's yourself maybe it's the other person but be okay with being scared with the person you're with because it's going to happen life's an adventure so there and and if you're not comfortable being scared with that person then they're going to give you a name for a podcast 
Your taste of music is, is, is terrible. Or is it bad? Terrible, yep. right? It came, it came from an ex-girlfriend. Nice. Sure did. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I had the same reaction. Tana, we're so much alike. Dude, we're... Wow. You and I have always been like this. Wow. <laughs> Why don't we better friends? Um, we can't, We are right now. We're getting there. Any, yeah. You step by step. Does anyone step have any um, famous last words to say about my time with the romance? <laughs> can, I, can I just say something really quick? Yeah. Thank you to our guests. Um, yeah. It's, it is so cool. I think, you know, just on like a completely serious note, um, like when I... So this started as a blog. And then it like kind of graduated into a podcast and like it's been so cool to like come up with these bands and just to pull people in that have like incredible smart things to say um and just to like learn about their scope of influence and mm-hmm. um i guess just their art artistic gravitas and um it's it's been so cool especially from you guys two-thirds of the tanners have been just on point tonight um, and thank you guys for just like crushing it. Um, dang, all the research, all the yeah. Uh, any, even in like the Vampire Weekend episode, hearing Ali talk about that, having Nathan Robertus talk about VeggieTales, <laughs> like freaking um, uh, Kennedy talk about Super Chip. Like it's just been so cool to bring in people. And um, so again, if you're listening to this, I if you've made it this far, it's been like four hours. God bless you. Um, but seriously, if you have a band you want to talk about and come hang out with us for a few hours, do it. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And send us suggestions for bands, too. My taste music is terrible at gmail.com. We say that as a joke, but it is a legitimate email address. So yeah. I kind of think our next episode should be a poll of Family Force 5 or Hawk Nelson. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. We've been talking about that for a little bit. So, so keep an eye on the Instagram. Yeah. At My Taste of Music is Terrible. And... We're going to put it in the stories. Vote on Hawk Nelson or Family Force 5. What you think we should do next. Um, I think Please it's time God, not Hawk Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> so I like Hawk Nelson. <laughs> actually, on, on one level, it might be an interesting change of pace to listen to music that's not like really, really, really good. <laughs> really dark. <laughs> no, really, really, dark. really, really, really good. Oh! <laughs> We've done two weeks now where we listen to really, really yeah, like Vampire because Weekend because of divergent ideologies, which, which is amazing. Which but they're three, incredible. Three episodes now of really, really great bands, and so it would be it would actually be a good change of pace to have something that wouldn't be quite as good. Yeah, something that sucks. <laughs> All right, guys. Jonathan, so Hawk nice. Nelson or Evanescence is the next episode. <laughs> Hawk Nelson, Evanescence, Evanescence. Oh gosh, I probably know my. I think we need already. to all do like our favorite band, like just a week where we like guide people through like, okay. our favorite band. To be fair, it's not my favorite band, but really, you talk about it. <laughs> you, it's because you have that tattoo. <laughs> well, oh yeah, I think. Uh, I I think. <laughs> yeah, like right across my chest. I think that's the perfect segue the back. to go ahead and just end this episode. We so should. thank you guys so much for listening. Please listen, rate, and review. And um, we, hope that that button. <laughs> we hope that your taste in music just got a little, a little more, more terrible. terrible. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's, that's how it sounds. That's exactly what it's like.